Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Wednesday morning, November 17th, 2021. Glad to have you back with us on the show today. Uh, got a good for uh, good one for you today. Uh, here's the lineup. Uh, we're going to have a chance to play Fantasy Huskers. The numbers are dwindling. Your last few chances to make a pick on Fantasy Huskers. That comes up at 635. Uh, Officer Chad's going to join us just before 7. 710 this morning. It's a What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday. The Facebook page and the Rick Stein Recognition text line are open. 402-479-1400. You can tell us what's chapping your hide this morning. Uh, and then a little bit later in the show, 8 o'clock hour, Athletic Director Trev Alberts joins us. Talk to him about the decision he recently made on Scott Frost, and we'll get into that. Maybe get some more clarity on a couple of things that people have been speculating on uh, about that contract. And so he's going to join us at 810 this morning, so you will not want to miss that tomorrow. Um, And we say good morning. Mark Vale, good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. Caleb Henry. Sure. Good morning. And uh, yeah, it, it's a morning. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nebraska fans. I I got you all riled up thinking this may be the time that we finally get to experience that elusive joy that we've all been looking for. Just a moment, just a just a night where that joy finally gets to be experienced once again. And turns out last night was not going to be that night again. Oh, and it um. Added injury to insult because one of Nebraska's best players and a glue guy on the team in Trey McGowan's um, is now out for an extended period of time. He broke his foot last night. Yeah. He only played in the first half, so it tells you it's it's hard to get things done in the second half when you don't have one of your best players mm-hmm. and undisputed leader yep. of the team. Um, and then I think Bryce just plays better when his brother's out there. Yep. Which makes perfect sense. So the game looked like it was maybe going to go in the right direction when it was 5 to 1 and then there was like a 20 some point run for Creighton. Mm-hmm. Nebraska got down 19, crawled all the way back, just couldn't get over it. Yep, never could. And uh granted it's hard to get over against any team down 19. Whether, whether it's but they took they did the else. hard part. They got back essentially to a one possession game prior to halftime. But the offense just never looked like it was consistently getting good shots for this team. No, just uh, whatever scheme that was out there. It, 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 I mean, let's be honest. It looks like it looks like street ball. You know, kind of figure it out. It's a bunch of guys got together at the wreck. That's that's exactly what it looks like with this offense right now. And Creighton plays just the opposite. And and of course, uh, Nebraska actually got pretty hot hitting threes. But Creighton was their normal hit a lot of threes, hit hit a bunch of dagger threes there. At but the they're end. so and, consistent. The yeah. the shots they were taking in the second half were the same shots they were taking in the first half right. when they were giving up that 19-point lead. Mm-hmm. It's just they were falling. They literally did not change anything for 40 minutes, whereas Nebraska was terrible offense, and then 
everything's going right, and then everyone's tight and doesn't really know what to do, so someone just please go take a shot. Right. Like, it, it, it bounces all over the place. That's my biggest frustration with this team, that at any time, they are one play away from imploding. So Nebraska's put themselves uh, in an early hole. Season's very early still, so obviously a, a lot can change if you if you play better, but a little bit of a hole right now if you're thinking about <laughs> if you were thinking about, and it's hard not to when you look at this program, about the goal of some postseason play. Uh, they're going to have to pick it up. They've got a segment of games now where they're probably still going to be favored against several uh, opponents in a row, and so hopefully some time to get right, figure out how the rotation works without Trey for a while. Yeah, um, Idaho State on Friday, then Southern, then Tennessee State, right. all within the next week. Yep. So uh, start stacking up wins there, and then uh, hopefully make some real improvement before the time you get to that North Carolina State game, which is your next right. one against a, uh, a Power 5 team. Uh, so anyway, we'll have a little bit more on that later in the show. Uh Luckily, though, you got some women's basketball tonight, right? Uh, with uh, yeah, we coming do. in in a big game. So hopefully, the women can get revenge. And right now, they're they're playing as as good as any team in the entire athletic department at right. this point. Right. We we all qualify that with with who the opponents are, and the opponents haven't been that good. But when your lowest output of the season through three games is eighty eight points. That feels pretty good. Yeah. You, you know, um, they, they're, they're winning by an average of 50-some points, which is pretty good through three. But now, it's now pretty you can... good? It's, it's okay. It's, it's fairly good. I would take that. Pretty good? It's fair. I would take pretty, that for the men's pretty, pretty good? I'd say it's pretty. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, they but, can set themselves up in a really good place yes, with a win here. He, here is the first test, is yeah. what it is. And, and from when I've talked with, with Matt Cotney, who will be on the call tonight... If you get by Creighton, goals become realistic. Mm-hmm. If you lose to Creighton, it's, okay, well, Creighton just had your number again. What can you do the rest of the season? But if you go to 4-0 and after tonight, especially if it looks anything close to the way the first three did, and I don't think it'll be quite that much, you can really start talking what's the postseason going to look like. Yeah. You can really start talking where you're going to finish in the Big Ten. My uh, my reliance on women's sports as my sports therapy at the University of Nebraska continues. Hopefully, hopefully again tonight. Uh, hey, you've got a ranked matchup tonight for a, for a men's sport wrestling hosting North Carolina. Okay, both maybe those I'll teams do and, wrestling. Both those teams in the top fifteen. That'll be on BTN tonight sounds, for you. It sounds like an interesting it's office not, to not. walk into. Wrestling therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> if Ben Sass can wrestle with the uh, President Trump, you can wrestle with right, wrestling. Right. I'm going to suplex you until your feelings are better. <laughs> Just going to put two people who are having a bad day together on a mat and let them go at it and see how everybody feels. That's actually, afterwards. not a bad idea. How do we patent this? The right wrestling. Jack and Caleb's wrestling therapy. It's called What Chaps Your Hide in Person. That's a good point. What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday today. Uh, And again, uh, we're taking those chaps on the Rick Stein recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Really? I haven't looked at it yet. Is it Uh, feisty? 23 comments. Feisty? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Okay. A lot of people... Uh, uh, anybody mad about the wrist dial? <laughs> I'm still mad about the masks. Ma- okay, the, about, about the mask and, mandate. And that people hate the mask mandate. That gets extended in a week, right? Probably. Most, yeah. I mean, yes. they haven't admitted it, but you know it's going to happen yes, it's, next Tuesday. Well, I mean, if they bumped up the, if they Boy, bumped up the dial, they're Which definitely the, keeping the mask mandate. Sure, sure. Yeah. Hey! I, I, was, I was out and about in the community, met, uh, had a couple of meetings, and went to a luncheon, and... 
uh, heard from several people that were very impressed with your interview with the mayor yesterday. Really? Yes. Normally, I get bashed for those no, things. No, there was uh, some positives uh, in in your questioning and how you... Uh, yeah, some lady left me a voicemail, and I was like, I played it for Caleb, and I was like, oh no, here we go. Somebody hated. Somebody <laughs> thought I wasn't hard enough on the mayor, and we played it, and and she was like, uh, super positive. Yeah, she was yeah. like, a great job. She was like, I didn't like the answers, but you asked the questions. And- That's exactly what I I heard from, and it was more than one person, and in separate events, in All separate. Right. Uh, time well, you can. And none of these people work here. No, that's the thing. <laughs> so, like, we'll always have these questions. I mean, I asked her every question right, that uh, that there is about the ma- uh, you know yep. what are the metrics? Okay, number one, what are the metrics? Is it ever going to end? It's not happening other places, um, and it's not you know that doesn't seem to be making a difference. So I mean, you can listen to all you know all the I asked the questions, and it's the- I, you know I didn't again I. Can't control the answers. And, but, and uh, if you didn't hear the interview, it is up at KLIN.com. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it is here at this point. So, But yeah, a hospital, is, a hospital capacity is, is the thing right now in town that's really strained. Really, really yeah. strained. Uh, I'll tell you what, Caleb. I don't know what you saw at PBA last night or if you look around much, but I mean, mask wearing in there is at like 30%. Right. It's <laughs> Pinnacle I, Bank Arena. So I think it's more... Over in my area, because as media, like we don't want to lose credentials for, right, for not yeah. following the rules. But I'm, I'm but, looking at the no, fans. No, no. But, yeah. but even like the fans in front of us, as I look around the arena, the fans in front of us look like they were more apt to wear it just because more people around them were wearing it. Mm-hmm. But the further you got around, um, and I mean, nothing against like the student section. Obviously, the student section didn't wasn't really wearing a whole lot of it. But even just walking walking in, as people are are, are in line. You're all bunched up against each other. No, you're you're not indoors, but it's like, right. hey, you're literally going to be standing just like right. that in uh, in 20 feet, and right. then in there now you have to wear it. it I, I want to say it was like as I scan the crowd, I want to say like 30 percent, and, and and it does say if you're eating or drinking, you know, you can have it off, and a lot of times you just have a drink with you the whole time. So nonetheless, that's becoming more and more frequent wherever you go. But again, uh, I'm, I'm but not seeing it really like enforced. Type of thing. Well, listen, they don't have enough people to run the concession stands there because it's so hard to get employees right now. Right. They can't. They're not going to have the mass police at Pinnacle Bank Arena. I mean, they they just don't have the man and woman power to do that. Well, I'm I'm not seeing it anywhere. I went to uh, I I went I went up to Omaha and they ask you to wear a a mask at the Orpheum. I went and saw Hamilton Mm -hmm. on, on Saturday. We wore it in there, but you knew as soon as the the show started, and you can kind of look around. You're like, there are people dropping it down it's, a little bit. They they asked you to keep it on for for the show because they're, they're like, this is our requirement in here during the show. But it's like, people are really over. It's it. just hard to think. It's it's hard because half the places I go, you know, out in the public are places where people are eating or drinking, where everybody once they sit down, I mean, it's everybody's got them off the entire time, right? So. It, like it's hard to it it feels really different i now i'll tell you this i remember going to the boys state basketball in march before any the vast majority of people were vaccinated that's where it felt like everything and was back I, I felt like and and people were all around me not like not masked at that time and i wasn't vaccinated at that point my i had my son with me and he wasn't at that time. that felt that weirded me out like mm-hmm. that freaked me out a little bit at the time i wasn't being the mask police on people I don't feel anything like that anymore when, <laughs> when I go to public places. Right. But it's a different scenario, right? It's 
vaccinated, boosted, all the people everywhere. We've gone mil- like tons of places without this. So. I also don't know this large scale uh, effort apparently regionally to show your vaccination card if there's not a yeah, mask mandate. I, I, I didn't that, understand. I haven't. I haven't. I referenced in the interview. I said, you know, yeah. I've been in Minneapolis. Um, I've been in Iowa, been in <laughs> Omaha. I've not. I've eaten all those places, multiple places. I've not once. I've, I've, I mean, I didn't bring my vaccination card mm-hmm. to any of those places. I flew so. into Minneapolis uh, last Friday and flew back to Lincoln on Saturday afternoon. And you're right, Minneapolis. There's very few places with masks. No, no. Yeah, now, the airport did have because that's right. part of a right. Not exactly necessarily like a super conservative city necessarily. <laughs> DC got rid of theirs. Bowser in D.C. got rid of their indoor mask mandate this week. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. Well, maybe we should take the show on the road. Whatever. Again. (laughs) uh, But I will again say this. from the nation's capital. I will again say this, though. You won't hear me saying my hide is all that chapped about it because it's still... It's still, you guys know where I am on this. You know the questions I have. You know all those things. It still does not register on the top 100 things that are stressing me out right now that I do have to wear a mask in the grocery store. For me, I don't care. I know some of you do. I acknowledge that. And so I ask the questions. Therefore, I don't really exactly care about that whole thing. But I know a lot of other people do. So, And uh, and I feel the same way about uh, uh, vaccinations. What's that? That you don't care? I don't care if you have a, a a reason not to. That's not my issue. That's your issue to get vaccinated. I'm I'm at that point. I'm strongly encourage it. I'm vaccinated, but it's a personal decision. Yeah, it is. Although, I mean, you would admit that it impacts other people directly. Well, just because you then you know, it, I mean, part of part of the idea of the vaccination is you're protecting other people as much as true, yourself. True, so, but it, it's not one which of those. Is why I don't. I hope. I hope people. I mean, I'm not going out and making people doing it, but it's why I hope people do, and it's going to yep. stop this thing. Well, I I hope they do too, but I'm not going to stop and ask somebody if they've been vaccinated well, in order to have either. a conversation with them. I don't do that either. No, that's um, that's what I'm getting. All right, uh, all right. What do we have? Anything else going on besides uh, basketball devastation and uh, big, risk dial? Big financial surplus in the state coffers. Let's go. Oh. Four hundred thirteen million surplus. Do with this. Well, it lo- send out checks, stimmies. That well, <laughs> Christmas stimmies. Come on, Governor. What, what, Give me that Ricketts cash. What what we have to remember is the cash cow. The federal cash cow isn't going to go forever, and and you don't want to obligate the state to long term programs that would put us into a deficit situation oh we got that casino money coming in man but let's come on let's get some infrastructure uh stuff done in a hurry i heard uh uh, the cow wandered into the barn mark let's milk it well here's here's one that that might just get a little uh a little more oomph uh on this Starting to talk about the East Beltway. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know this is well. The you, the, the only thing that can be less make me less excited about the lake between Lincoln and Omaha is the East Beltway. I mean, it it came up at the Liba lunch yesterday. Uh, speaker go. Mike Ilgers was there. <laughs> he said, you know, uh, it's those are the types of projects that need to get looked. Get at. me that sweet one sweet time East Beltway. Come on. No. So oh. and then number three, right next priority right after that. Overhead, north to south, right over Forty Eighth Street, like Dodge Street style in Omaha. I've the got, Skyway. I've got one other proposal that I think the city ought to consider. What's that? And and I'm just going to give you the thirty thousand foot. 
But I think the city ought to look at a, at some type of grant uh, proposal, either get the money from the feds and offer to anyone that has a surface parking lot to put solar panels on top, you know, above. So you park underneath, okay. have solar panels up above with the uh, energy uh, from those solar panels repaying the cost to the city, and then it belongs to the land uh, to the landowner. Okay. I mean, you've got the electrical infrastructure to feed it back in through LES. They've got their program. And, you know, if, if you want to look at, at uh, renewable energy, of course, my definition of renew, renewable energy really is just coffee, but that's all right. <laughs> Mark advocating for green energy at the end of the show. What is going on? That's our guy. Me having hard interviews with the mayor, Mark going for green energy. And it's National Butter Day. It's, oh, I love you butter. Man, butter I, I, makes everything better. I, I, I do have a butter tongue twister if you ever want to hear it. Oh, well, oh, go ahead. I mean, how can we not? Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it'll make my batter bitter. So she bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So does better Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter. There. It's amazing. All right, that's what you come here, folks. Four folks. 625, we'll take a break. <laughs> nice job. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. The Huskers may not give out helmet stickers, but we sure do. Watch and listen to the Helmet Stickers segment on the tailgate every Friday. Presented by Rick Stein Recognition on 1499.3 KLIN. It's the weekly fantasy draft that could win you a whole lot more. Time to play Fantasy Huskers on LNK Today with Jack and Friends. All right, time to play Fantasy Huskers. We're giving someone a staycation. We got two of them left in the kitty. One this week. Valentino's gives you $50 worth of pizza. We got some Valentino's at home last night. After that, I needed to drown my sorrows in something, and my son was coming home from basketball tryouts. And yeah. So I, just, I drowned my sorrows in a Valentino. It felt good. It felt nice. Not bad. I know you shouldn't eat your feelings, but it helped last night. Uh, also, but when your feelings are that good, <laughs> just go one it. One night stay at the Cornusker Marriott <laughs> and a uh, free round of golf at Adventure Golf. That's the staycation package to win it. You have got to be the closest at guessing something about this week's football game against Wisconsin. And this week, we are asking you, how many rushing yards does Nebraska give up to Wisconsin? That vaunted Wisconsin rushing attack, that solid Nebraska defense, although without JoJo Doman, but sounds like with Deontay Williams. So a little shot in the arm there for the Husker defense. And what do you think Wisconsin gets on the ground? Dale was color 14 today, so he is going to take a stab at this. Good morning, Dale. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. A little bit... Uh... A little bit, bit bummed out, bummed out over last night's game. Yep. But, uh, yep. I'm, I'm having trouble getting going today too, because of it. Just, we just needed one shot. They would have went bonkers oh, in that place. I, I happened know. to go there, so yeah, I was too. I was too. Someday, someday we'll have that moment, Dale. It wasn't to be last night. Who knows? Maybe Saturday, a little uh, surprise win against Wisconsin might help everyone's uh, everyone's mood just a little bit. But I want to know from you. How many rushing yards do you think the Badgers get against Nebraska? Wisconsin averaging 227 a game. Nebraska averaging giving up 132 a game. So a pretty big gap there. Yeah, pretty big gap. But I'm afraid uh, I think they're going to get over 200. So I'm going to say 200 and uh, 
210 yard. 210. All right, Dale. I got you down for 210. We got your phone number, so we'll call you if you are closest. Enjoy the game this weekend, all right? Oh, you too. Thank you. There you go. Dave. All right. There you go. Dale is in there. He's feeling my sadness from last night. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. It was such a roller coaster in the first half because it was like, here we go again. They're down big to Creighton early again. <laughs> we know how this movie goes. And then they just storm back. Can't miss a three. Kobe West Webster is just tossing it in from anywhere in the court. And you're like, okay, there's no way you could make a comeback like that and don't completely turn this game around. And then it was just a... a a three to eight point lead for it felt like the entire second half. I don't know if it got out of that. It probably did at some point, but that's what it felt like the entire time. And then Creighton hit a couple of dagger threes uh, down the down the stretch, and it was all over and very sad. All right, Caleb, that's as close as anyone got to you with their pick. By the way, I know as soon as he said over two hundred, I was like, there you we go, two forty. I said, uh, I said one ninety eight. All right, I mean, they, they've got. Three, one, two, three, four, five times that they have run over the 240 mark. So, all right. Uh, let's get into the sound off. Shall look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. All right, let's uh, start. No verdict yet in the Rittenhouse trial. Jury is still deliberating. Kind of a weird deal, though, yesterday. I don't know if you saw the, the video of this, but. They had Rittenhouse draw names of jurors out of, uh, not out of a hat, but out of a bag, essentially. What was going on there? Well, let's hear a little bit more about it. The 12-person jury in the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial deliberating the fate of the teen. After he shot three men, killing two during turbulent protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year. In an unusual move, Rittenhouse selecting those who would seal his fate. Pulling juror numbers from a drum, raffle style, from the pool of 18 who heard of the case those selected becoming the six alternates. It's now up to seven women and five men to determine if he fired the shots in self-defense or if he was acting as a vigilante. Twice during Tuesday's session, jurors requested copies of the jury instructions, specifically the portion on self-defense. And after several hours in the deliberation room, the jury opting to break for the evening. Seriously, you make the, you, you make the defendant fish out numbers of jurors that are going to seal his fate with sentencing. I, I was going to ask, how normal is that's, that? I have ne- I have. Now, I know the judge in that court said that's been their custom and their practice for 20 years, but I've, I, I, I haven't heard of of doing it that way prior to randomly and select jurors. That's, that's just a weird... Dis- I, that, it's, I don't like that. I think I I've like heard it. you talk about this before just with talking to other people when you guys start geeking out that you guys were lawyers and stuff. Right. Um, but, like, local custom, is that, like, a big thing in places uh, that just someone does something legally slightly different in yes. one specific area? That's the, I mean, yeah, absolutely, in terms of all all sorts of the parts of, of practicing law, local custom in terms of, is a hearing in chambers, or is it, you know, is it in the in the courtroom? What, what do the pleadings need to look like? There's all kinds of that stuff. That, to be honest, is the hardest thing to fully grasp as a new attorney mm-hmm. because everybody else knows it. Just the regular, just the regular local custom that you don't necessarily learn in law school. 
So okay. Um, anyway, we'll see. Uh, the jury is not sequestered, so uh, they went home last night, and they'll get back to deliberations. I believe they had a couple of questions for the judge on jury instructions yesterday, so that will continue. Uh, let's see what else we have uh, going on here. Uh, th- we had yesterday that Pfizer was uh, going to allow um, allow other companies to make this new COVID pill that they're trying to get emergency use authorization, which looks like it could be fairly promising. Pfizer is asking the FDA for emergency use authorization for its new anti-COVID pill. In a trial with more than 1,200 adults who were sick with COVID and had at least one underlying health condition, the pill cut hospitalizations and deaths by 89%. Merck has introduced a pill as well with an efficacy rate of about 50%. Both companies have agreed to share their patents with the medicine's patent pool to allow production of both drugs in other countries. The Washington Post is reporting that the Biden administration is planning to purchase 10 million doses of the Pfizer pill. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. All right. In other pharmaceutical news, uh, the fight against Alzheimer's may have gotten a big step here with what would be a nasal vaccine, potentially, for oh. Alzheimer's. Yeah, this uh, this could be a big deal. Brigham and Women's Hospital says they're launching the first human trial of a nasal vaccine aimed at preventing Alzheimer's. Doctors at the hospital say the vaccine's actually a type of bacteria which stimulates the immune system. It's supposed to activate white blood cells within the body. Those migrate to the brain and help clear plaques, which are believed to trigger Alzheimer's. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says nearly 6 million Americans suffer from the disease. Jill Nato, Fox News. It'd be great if there were some major breakthroughs when it comes to Alzheimer's, just because I yeah. know people who have who have been through that with a parent or grandparent, and it's just it's gut wrenching. Um, so if there is technology with that, that would be that would be amazing. I've done uh, a lot of work with the uh, with the Alzheimer's Association. Yeah. The, the the stories are incredible, and if any advancements would be amazing. So hopefully some great news there. Uh, talk about the a lot about the home market here, the the real estate uh, and home sales market. But what about the rental market? Big cities, especially now, are seeing the cost of going in there and renting a place just go through the absolute roof right now. The hot housing market now blowing up the price of rental houses. CoreLogic finds the price of renting a single family house jumped ten point two percent in September year over year. Last year's in increase was just 2.6%. The still hot home sales market and low inventory of rentals fueling the rent hikes. Where does everybody want to live? Miami, up a stunning 25% this year with the highest median rents in the country. Phoenix up 20%, Las Vegas up 16% as tourists return, followed by Austin and San Diego. The big city still a relative bargain. Chicago, Boston, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. and New York City rents up less than 5% from a year ago during the pandemic. Therese Crowley, Fox Wait, you know what that says? Everybody wants to go somewhere warm, is what it sounds like. Miami, San Diego, Phoenix area, those rentals are going up. Yeah, you're okay. If you go to Chicago, Boston, New York City, not as much. Right, but they were only talking about the percentage that those were going up, not not what their actual Well, I'm sure those New York price numbers were sky high anyway from the start so we only went up two percent well it still costs five thousand more dollars a month to live there maybe you know what minimum i don't know i was thinking about relocating my beatrice vacation home to miami or san diego now i'm having second thoughts about it i thought you were thinking about ashland uh you know i don't know i don't don't know all all avenues are open at this point here I don't know. I'd like to keep it within the state. I'd like to keep my, 
you know, my tax dollars in the state. But we'll see. No, that's good. They do say, I mean, they say Beatrice is the Miami of Nebraska. So many people have been saying that. Well, Beatrice Vice. That's what they say. Last but not least, uh, you're looking for a Netflix show to watch? I kind of am right now. Uh, a new resource to find out what's hot, what's popular with other people, and maybe find yourself something to watch. Netflix introduces top10.netflix.com, a website where it will detail weekly global and country lists of its most popular titles. And going forward, the rankings will be based on the total number of view hours instead of the streaming service's previous two-minute viewing time metric. The site will update every Tuesday, tracking viewership on content from the previous Monday through Sunday, featuring four categories, TV and film in English and TV and film non-English. Netflix tweets, we've had a lot of feedback about our metrics over the years, so we went back to the drawing board. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Absolute failure on their end to not also purchase the domain top 10 and spell it T-E-N yeah, the, if you and try, redirect it? If you try and do this, you use the number 10. Absolute failure. Top 10.net. Will you use this? No. Okay. Why? Why Why would I need Because you this? need something to watch. You're looking for a, you're looking for a menu, it already, so to speak. No, no, no. It already shows up on your Netflix. Top 10 in the U.S. today. It already well, does what's that. The point why would this, I go- then? Hey, that's why I'm saying I will never use this. But I can see the top 21 films in Uruguay right now on this site. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what, what the Uruguayans are watching. You don't? Wow, sad. Very important to me. By the way... America the, first, Jack. The number one film right now is Red Notice. Yeah. We're wondering. Uh, have you seen that? I have not, but I want okay. to. Okay. Uh, that's in the United States. If you want to check what's that out. What's number one in Uruguay? I don't know. Oh, you already scrolled away from him? What are I, you doing? I can't figure out how to work this site. Top 10 list by country. You can go there. Okay. Let's see. You're a go- oh, I got it. Hold on. Number one film? Oh, Red Notice. Ah, <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> Those Uruguayans, I always knew it. They had good taste. They had good taste. They like the rock just like we do in America. Yeah, they do. 651. They're, they're, they're a Ryan, Ryan Reynolds people. Maybe that's what it is. Take a break. They're the Canada of the South. We'll We'll see cooler highs today. Not making it to the 70s. Instead, upper 40s and low 50s. I'm Storm Alert Team Meteorologist Brittany Foster. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. 653 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Usher Chad Hine in studio with us. You, trying to you, get my blood pressure down. Yeah, that, Caleb's, that last one. Caleb's, Caleb's just provoking today, I feel like. Everyone, I, I don't really you know. I got the warning that. before I came in, but we are feisty. don't speak ill of my Netflix choices. I save sir. it for Wednesdays at 650. Oh. Oh, I, uh, I'm a little deeply hurt here. That's good. You lie. told me you were going to arrest me this week. You're going to, you're I, the, the handcuffs. We had a little change of plans. It, okay. it, it's going to happen. Trust me, you'll end up in handcuffs I, sooner I, or later. I, I, see, I see you backed out of it because you knew it'd be too easy for I me. brought back up with me. <laughs> I'm just disappointed you weren't wearing a hat when you came in today, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we should let. Let's not open that can. Of <laughs> we did already. Hey, you brought you brought a guest with you today. Who you have with you? I did. I have Lenora. She is one of the explorers with the LPD Post, and I'm going to turn everything over to her. Kind of throw her to the wolves, so to speak. Because well, well, first of all, tell people what the explorer about the explorer program. What I'll, it is? I'll let yeah, take that. Well, I'm 18, and I've been explorer for about a year, and I've always wanted to be a uh, police officer. So. I found this program, and it's led by the LPD, and it's, um, it's kind of where if you want to be a police officer, you can kind of see more about what they do 
and you can interact with um, a lot of people in the department and kind of um, just learn more about what you'd be doing on a day-to-day basis and just learn a little bit before you get into the academy. Cool, and that's kind of what we do. We we kind of learn a little bit. We ask mm-hmm. Chad those things every day. What what's um, let me ask you this, Laura? What's what's um, been the most kind of cool, interesting you think you've learned or saw, and what surprised you the most about kind of you know as to what you expected the job would be like? Um, I say one of the most interesting things was um, we get to do a lot of like building searches and active shooter um, kind of scenarios. Wait a minute! It wasn't working the football game with me. That was like t- number seven. Oh. <laughs> She's got a very detailed list At that she could off the top, top of your head ten. just say seven. I even I even bought her a hot dog during the game. Wow! The hot dog was the most interesting part of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to head next door and get that clip done. There you go. We'll just, that's fine. We'll just talk to her. We'll, you, you don't have to be in the room. It might be less awkward then. I, you know, I knew she was going to do well. I didn't uh, think this well. Though, so. so the building the, the building searches, huh? Yeah, and just kind of a lot of the active stuff. We mm-hmm. get to do, like, bomb threats and stuff. Okay. Um, I wasn't really expecting you to do that kind of stuff. I was expecting to do more, like, the day-to-day, like, writing reports and stuff. But they let us go out and... Um, do more like the cool like action stuff too. Okay, okay. Uh, so you've always you, you've grown up. You, how long have you wanted to be a police officer, and why? Um, probably since I was a little kid. I had a neighbor who was a police officer, and he always just seemed really cool. Like he had, he was a canine um, mm-hmm. officer, and I would just go over there and just hang out. And he'd always talk to me about his job. And I think one time he taught me how to like go over a fence. So I thought that was like the coolest thing when I was like four. That's good. That's so yeah, and I just like the idea of like, hey, I can go out and I can just help other people, and this could be a really cool job. I can meet, I can do new things every day. Mm-hmm. I can just really help the community. And, and as you've grown up, that you've stayed feeling that way. As you've gone through this program, you've stayed through that. What you've stayed yeah. that feeling that way. I'd say once I've kind of gone through the program, it's made me even more um, sure that this is what I want to do, and kind of exactly like I'm still even like more interested in the canine unit. Since cool. I've been talking to officers and seeing how the dogs work and stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Nice nice work, Chad. Uh, Very it's good. not me. This is all I her. Mean, I mean, no. uh, there you go. Yeah, Chad so, doesn't really do much. You're like on the force already. This is amazing. <laughs> this is <laughs> just like jabbing in boom like that. Like, I love this it. This could be home. This could be the office. <laughs> this could be in here with us <laughs> <Yeah>. every Wednesday. <laughs> Usually I'm dishing it out. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, are we, so are we still doing some crime stoppers? She's got it? All right. Yep. Lenore, let's hear about uh, what uh, LPD is working on this week and how our listeners might be able to help. All right. So the first one is Best Buy minus the buying. Best Buy reported that these individuals allegedly took some electronic items without paying for them. One put items in their pocket while another boldly walking out the door holding the item. All the individuals got into a black SUV, which is which was driven by an unknown party. If anyone knows the shoppers, let us know at Crime Stoppers. All right. Best Buy. And uh, what else do we have? Um, in the pink, the quick shop at 2330 North First reported that this person in pink came into the store and wandered around and then grabbed two large bottles of Jack Daniels Fireball Whiskey and ran out of the store. If anyone knows who the pretty and pink wannabe is, let us know at Crime Stoppers. Okay, and it looks like maybe a distinctive tattoo or something on that one that I'm, I'm looking at as well. Oh, no, maybe that's a different one there. You got two, You got multiple ones with people wearing pink in this one. This is amazing. Oh, yeah, the, the Von Maurer one Von has Maurer. somebody from pink wearing a pink, too. Yeah, I, I think to... I'm sensing, I'm no detective, but I think I'm sensing a trend you might uh, want to look into. There might be. 
There might be. I, is there a gang in pink? <laughs> is that a specific thing? Like, stealing fireball? That might be a road we don't want to like go Like if down. I go to L.A., <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, right. I got to watch out if I'm, if I'm wearing red or if I'm wearing blue, but in Lincoln, is it pink? Is well, that a thing? I don't know about Lincoln, but in Beatrice with Beat Rice Vice, it might be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. Blue. That was a case. By the way, I would watch that. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> totally. The Crockett and Tubbs of Beatrice. <laughs> Are they going to drive around in a Yugo? Or? A, a Yugo playing Phil Collins songs all the time? They're going to end up at Homestead National Monument like every week. You know I, what? <laughs> I, I drove five miles out of the way to see that once. That was a 10-minute waste of my life. I'll never get back. Sorry. My grandma loved taking me there as a child. I'll have you know. Wow. You know what? I think we're even. Because you've gotten me once or twice. I got you, sir. Uh, all right. Well, very good. Great job, Lenore. Thanks for coming in and, and sharing with us. I appreciate it. Thank this is part of the job, I guess, too. Absolutely. The best part of the job, right? This is nothing your hide. Things bother you as you go throughout your week and you internalize them. You may try and tell your family, friends, coworkers and pets, but guess what? Sometimes they don't want to hear it well. We will hear it. We will listen to what you've got to say. Uh, whether we agree or not, it at least is a forum for you to do that. Maybe you're going to find people who agree with you along the way. It's What Chaps Your Guide Wednesday. Here's how you can participate. You can give us a call on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, which is totally full right now with people calling in 402-479-1400. So if that doesn't work for you, you can also text in the Rick Stein Recognition text line by the same number. Or you can be a part of the conversation on the Facebook page, which is extensive and lively today. Facebook.com slash LNK today. So, without any further ado, let's get to the people who are on the phones. They were calling it minutes ago here with this whole thing. Uh, Mike got in line first, so he'll start out today. Mike, the floor is yours. Hey, guys, I was just... You guys had a phone number for that prosthogenics? Never mind. No, <laughs> never mind. Hey, hey, um, no, I'm surprised that Paul hasn't busted the blood vessel on this one yet. Um... You guys watch football on the weekend, and sometimes you can't uh, hear the commentators over the crowd noise. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Um, uh, perhaps. Uh, Am I the only one? <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's a you thing. I don't. I'm usually talking so loud. It's usually nobody can hear the commentators over me talking so loud in the room. <laughs> is the problem? <laughs> yeah, but I, it doesn't matter what network it is. They get the crowd noise turned up so high and. You can barely hear the commentators. All right. Oh, I wish well, they changed. I'm gonna I wish they changed that. I will listen for that this week, Mike. I will okay. listen for that, Mike, and I'll report back to you. Okay? Hey, 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 Mike, there's one t- there's one time that I do like it when they they drown out the commentator, and that's when Joe Buck is uh, doing the play by play. Yeah. All right, Mike. We yeah. got you. Have a good right, one, man. Guys. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> Have you noticed that? The, I mean, in some instances, it, ha- it happens sometimes because you've got the crowd mic too loud. Okay. All right. I'm going to listen for that now. All right. Uh, Debbie is next. Good morning, Debbie. What's chapping your hide? Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I was out of town last Wednesday. Didn't listen to you. Did you miss me, John? We, we did. I, there was, a, there was a, a, an empty hole in my heart where my phone call from you every Wednesday comes. So I'm glad you're back. Oh, that makes me feel good. Well, <laughs> I like to listen to talk radio, obviously, because those mm-hmm. of you guys. I like to listen to it in the car. I like to listen to the the talking heads on television, but it makes me so angry, chaps my hide, when they use terms that I have to look up and understand what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I for a long time I did not I have any idea what 
some of these were like gaslighting. Well, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. So I looked that up. Well, the latest one now is dog whistle. You know, they use dog whistle. I thought, well, that's something you use to, you know, train a dog. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no. Mm-hmm. I look it up. It's another one of these political terms that they just make up and then expect us to understand. I think that's just, that's what just chaps my hide. I don't I, like that. I do. Have you ever had to do that with me, Debbie? Never. Really? Never. I know exactly what you're saying. That's Good. right. Hey, I try to use big words sometimes, so I'm a little disappointed by that. But anyway. Uh, uh, Debbie. Well, did you, uh, dog whistle? Do you know what that was? Well, I know what. I know. I mean, it's basically like a silent signal. It's saying something without saying something is is the idea of what it is. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's kind of a, a, a political term right now. Yeah. The one, yeah, the one exactly. I the one I don't understand at all is woke. Well, it, it means everything now. It, I mean, it used. Yeah, I mean, it mean it. It just kind of uses a, a critique, you know, now of. Well, it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. For all right. Some of us, it means everything you don't know. That's true. <laughs> yep. I guess I'm woke. Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. All right. We missed you. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> ben joins us now. All right, Ben, what's chapping your Well, I mean, I know, but what else is chapping your head today? <laughs> well, you, you know, I, you go in, uh, well, first off, Debbie, you know, maybe she should uh, hit up Urban Dictionary every now and again. <laughs> and uh, No, 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 bad idea. going to highly recommend against that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, so, you know, I pick up my kid every now and again from school, and he goes to one of those old older schools that's, Plant him in the middle of the oh, neighborhood. Oh god! And yeah, pickup is Chaos. absolutely insane. And I, I think um, you know, I'm just going to make a broad statement here that if you live, if your kids, and uh, I say I'm really, I'm comfortable saying if your kid is second through fifth grade, mm-hmm. and you live within a mile of the school, mm-hmm. go ahead and have them walk, <laughs> and that would cut down. That would cut down the pit, after school pickup traffic a lot. It is absolute insanity. It's- and, and then there's 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 a lot of you know you know, a little bit of physical activity in the morning. It you know gets the gets your heart rate up a little bit, gets you ready for the day, helps you think clear. And uh, you know I think a generation of uh, clear thinking kids would all all agree that it's uh, time to fire Matt Davison. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you, man. Jeez. What a setup. <laughs> He's right. These schools were not made for a hundred parents. They, uh, I mean, I know because I went to the same school my daughter goes to now, and I took the bus. You either took the bus or you walked. Nobody had their parents drop them off or pick them up. So the neighborhood, it's just the the exits, the entrances are not made for that oh, many cars the, doing that. And the, the streets are too narrow. Yeah, the streets. So, and then they've got to make special rules like they turn streets into one-way streets. Well, there's no signage or anything. So there's always some new person who's picking up who doesn't know that that's a one-way street or don't know that you can't park in the loading zone. And one little fly in the ointment. <laughs> it really impacts the pickup process for everyone. So, yes. I I have one semester left, by the way, uh, after we finish this semester, after doing it for 12 straight years yes. of pickups. Still no I can't believe it. I'm accident free so far. <laughs> can I get can I get to year 12 of pickup without an accident? We will see one more why, semester go knock on wood. Why don't parents team up and get teams of parents to walk their kids to school from an area? And then, you know, know that would be good for the parents so, to walk to. Some of them to. probably do. I think some probably well, do. Well, yeah, I've noticed it's just, that yeah, These schools serve a wide area, so I'm not walking from my house. Jeez. I well, do enough walking it. every May. I don't he's, need to walk two he miles. He said a mile. 
And mine's outside of that. I'm not. I got crossing busy streets to do that. I don't want to do that. All right, oh, back to the for my tax dollars, the school should come to my kid. Well, you still with the bus. It was what the bus was. All right, Chris is uh, Chris is next. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Jack. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm spending a week off of work this week. I've got to use my vacation, so I'm enjoying a week off. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I heard about the school thing. That's not my chat, but same thing down here in Kansas City. Those pickup lines are the worst, and. Yesterday, I don't have kids in school, but I, I call basketball at these schools. And this is a chap all on its own, but they schedule the start time for these basketball times is at the exact time t- that they're picking kids up. Oh, jeez. How do you think my time is of trying to get into the parking lot so I can park and get in the building to get in basketball? And everybody's looking at me like, where you been? I'm like, <laughs> you started off with the wrong foot. You're about to miss a whole yeah. bunch of travel calls already, and, that, and now you're right. starting off the wrong foot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, real seventh grade basketball, yeah, if you're calling travel, you're going to be there for a Three long, seconds long, in the lane! Time. Three seconds yeah, in the lane! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Over anyway, the back! <laughs> what else you got, so Chris? My chap, my chap yet was, I'm sorry, I, 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 I do like the mayor in Lincoln. I think she's pretty good, but I'm call, I have to call her on this. And you've already talked about it. This, well, if they don't have a mask mandate, there, you have to show your vaccination card yeah. to get into a restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, that, That's not we true. don't have any mask mandates down here in any of the, any of the Kansas city area, any of the, it's just the schools you have to wear your mask in. To, right. Pretty much, that's it. Which I get that. I, I, yeah. I go to every restaurant down here. I go to restaurants all the time down here. I've never been asked for my vaccination card. Yeah. And I, I think she's talking about, you know, I think it's true. It's her home state. I think they do it, and I think New York does it, but nowhere in the Midwest does it. So yeah. I just, I'm calling BS on her on no, that. It, that's that's not. And like I said, so. that you know, I, I, Omaha, they don't do it. I was in Iowa. I've been all over Iowa. They're not doing it. In Minneapolis, they're also not doing it as well. So thank, thanks for the call there, uh, Chris, in Olathe. All right. Should we get some of the Facebook? Man, we are uh, busy on the phones today. Uh, all right. Uh, Carla says, when the Peloton instructor says we're going to do spin-ups to white snakes, here I go again. But then it's the crappy synthesizer radio edit version and not the good version. Day almost ruined, but the playlist was redeemed by Fat Bottom Girls and Take Me Home Tonight. <laughs> Do they really play Fat Bottom Girls on Peloton workouts? I don't know. I feel like that might be a conflict of interest. Um, let's see. Eric says, Jay Skurs. Andrew says, when it's dark at 5.15 p.m., don't get me started on that. Get us year-round daylight saving time. Uh, let's see. Roger says when the mayor's no set points is when to the, and the mask mandate is over. Uh, Andrew says when I remote start my Jeep and it's under 35 degrees in my garage, the rear window defroster, heated seats and heated steering wheel turn on automatically. Really? I get they think these are parked in front of some remote cabin in Montana, but let's be the real off-roading a Jan. The, the only real off-roading a Grand Cherokee will do is when you run over the curb leaving Leon's. <laughs> on top of that, my butt doesn't need to be that warm. Anytime I get on my in my wife's car, she always has that seat warmer on. I hate it. I hate that thing. It feels like you peed your pants. <laughs> does not. It does. I hate that. I have never. I have never wanted that. I don't care if I'm in Siberia. I do not. The, the that is oh. there's something disconcerting about having my bottom warmed like that. Oh, I do not enjoy it. It is great. Oh, that is not an area of my body that there needs is to be nothing warmed. better than a toasty tush. Oh. Warm, Craig. warm buns are the best. 
Craig says, frantic one-on-one basketball with what seems to be no focus on rebounding. Phil said, my kid said the lack of an indoor water park in Lincoln. Yes. How about, how about a uh, um, miniature golf? Yeah, you know where I stand on that. Chicken Rich, he's been on me all week for this. <laughs> I'm torqued that the Nebraska State Poultry Show at the Lancaster Event Center on Saturday is not getting a live appearance by the KLIN Morning Show. Come on, Jack. Rich is very psyched up for the Poultry Show. But Chicken I, Rich. But I understand that you got to be 18 or 21 or older to go in there. It's kind of X-rated. Why is that? Because of all the foul language. K-L-I-N. All right, without any further ado, let's get started. Number five. That means i got to get the stuff up here, don't I? Due to an increase in new COVID-19 cases, a higher positivity rate and strained hospital capacity, the risk dial moved from low to mid-orange uh, yesterday. According to Pat Lopez, quote, this tells us the risk of COVID-19 spread and impact in the community is already high and moving in the wrong direction, end quote. She reported a 33% increase in cases in the last five weeks. October cases remained about 80 per day, but were up to 112 at the end of last week. Positivity rate 12%. Hospitalizations reached 107 November 9th, highest number in over a month. 15% of children, 5 to 11, are now vaccinated. Total of 4,400. One additional death yesterday when we were fifties hospitalized and unvaccinated. So there you go. That's All right. where we're at. That's right the now. rundown. The, the mayor told us something. We talked a lot about what the mayor had to say about mask mandates already today, but did say the demand is high um, right now, still at the beginning part of it for the kids' vaccines. They've gotten to fifteen percent at that point. Hopefully, as those start going out, that continues to reduce some of the spread and some of the numbers that are going on, especially as it happens in you know in schools and concrete settings with kids. Uh, but eventually that'll that'll die down, and I don't know what the final number will end up being there because people have various concerns and and um, you know thoughts about the vaccinations for kids and the risks that are involved with that or not involved with that. So um, we will see. But yeah, uh, mask mandate without question is going to be extended into December. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. That's next Tuesday. Uh, yeah. uh, well, that'll be the, the current one expires the twenty fourth. Uh, Pat Lopez did address it sort of yesterday when asked. She says the numbers are the numbers. We'll have to see and announce it next Tuesday. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah, it, sure. yeah you're right. I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I think so. So, you know, I'm again, I continue to be at a place where, boy, it's hard when, when just when people all over the country, all over the Midwest, all over the country do not have these. Um, and, and if you travel around, you're going to see that. Uh, wherever you are, Chris from Olathe called in and talked about Kansas City Metro, uh, in Minneapolis, nothing, Iowa, um, you know, most of Des Moines Nebra- area, most Northwest of, Iowa, Sioux City, most no- of Nebraska, nothing, Nebra- yeah, Omaha, nothing. And so it's a, there were it even becomes- a number of folks that came down for the game last night that they must not pay. It was there were a number of Creighton students that I was around and they were yeah. going, wait, do we have to wear a mask going yeah. in here? Well, and then I mean the the. I just I don't know what of a what 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 kind of a defense it's really putting up now on, on the mask mandate thing. Um, so <laughs> whatever you know I, I I mean at this point we it, it 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 is something that the health department continues to believe is is helping with stopping 
uh, some of the spread, and so they're going to continue to do it. I also don't think it's going on forever. I think that, I mean, It'll be- I know there's some people who think it's never going away or that, that somehow this administration really likes that. I don't think that's true either. It'll be an- uh, interesting to me if this comes up in the legislature to change the uh, structures of this uh, current yeah, my, arrangement in the, with the health department outside that's of the, the state. that's the only reason that Lancaster right. County is, is able to do this. And Douglas did want to do it, by the way. They probably would have one had, if they had the same arrangement, but the state law does not allow them to uh, to do that. So mid-orange now? Is that what you said? Yep. Mid-orange yep. here at this point. Uh, all right, moving on. Number four. The Tax Rate Review Committee, it's made up a number of state senators, met yesterday. They met several, they do meet several times a year to determine if the state's tax rates need to be changed. They look at a budget, the revenue forecast, general fund financial status, and then make an assessment on whether there will be a surplus or deficit. It was determined that right now we've got a $413 million surplus, uh, but that's before additional costs that include increased salaries for corrections workers and other growing obligations. Now, Renee Fry, who's the executive director of Open Sky Policy Institute, told us uh, one thing we need to be careful of is the federal dollars that have come in, and those are really propping up the economy. But those aren't going to last forever. Great news, but we want to make sure we don't obligate ourselves in the future and have to come up with uh, tax cuts or new spending items that put us in a situation that would undo all this. So what I hear is get the East Beltway built, get the lake built, and then call it good with spending. Yep. Those two things, and then we're done. While you're at it, outlaw pirate boats. Exactly. Uh, okay, that that that's what I am. Uh, that's what I'm hearing. No, but in all seriousness, you said the East Beltway. You heard yesterday may it, it, may it, have it, some it, life in it. It was one of the questions posed to Speaker Hilgers at the Liba monthly luncheon, and he said, you know, it probably wouldn't come up at all unless this infrastructure bill and the the big funds that have come into the state from the uh, um, pandemic money. But with the infrastructure bill, uh, he said, you know, it could very well come up and be a, a discussion point. But he said without that, he doubted that it would even be considered. Uh, interesting. So we'll, we'll have to see. I'll you know. say this. You know, I, the South Beltway makes sense. I understand what they did it. You, you want to get the trucks off of Highway 2. That's a big part of it. But an East Beltway would have a more significant impact, I think, on people who live in Lincoln and the frequency with which they would use it. Oh, abs- because the problem absolutely. is getting well, north to south more than it is getting east to west. There's a huge, there's a lot of growth in this community, and and you need to look ahead uh, for the continued growth and what is what's the growth uh, because of the South Beltway, and connecting that into the I-80 corridor on the east side Correct. makes a lot of sense for growth in that direction. Correct. Just move those trucks over once they get get move the bulldozers and the the. Bobcats and whatever else they're building the road with, just keep dri- just keep driving to the east and then over to the north a little and get to work on that uh, east beltway. Hopefully they already own the land. Number three. Nebraska had its chances last night at PBA. They clawed back from a 19-point first-half deficit. Got the game down to a point early in the second half, but then back to a single possession again with 8.37 to go. But each time they couldn't get over the hump, Creighton grabbed the win. 7769. Same story for Nebraska ball. I mean, uh, not getting getting out beat on the boards and then an offense that looks like it's playground offense. And honest, for the most part. honestly, the, the the rebounding wasn't even that big of an issue. It was timely. Um, yeah, there were a those, couple key ones. The, the, and- there was a couple key ones, but overall, 
Um, and I was talking with, with John Bishop after the game last night because we walked out to the parking lot together. I canceled his interview today, I, by the way. I know. Um, and he was, he said, that's okay. He'll go out next week. Um, but if you would have said going into this game that Nebraska is going to be neck and neck in points in the paint, not going to get destroyed on offensive rebounds and second chance points, and Nebraska was also going to relatively win the points off of turnovers, you think Nebraska was going to win by 15. And hit threes at a decent yeah, rate. Yeah, and, and hit threes at the best rate they have so far this year. But that's not the case. They end up losing by eight, and, and that was all because of what you had happen over the first about 10 minutes of the first half. Dug themselves too big of a hole. That's really something we've seen over these first couple years with Fred Hoiberg is these teams show a bunch of fight and they will claw back into games, but they're too far behind because of the slow starts. The, that issue's got to get fixed. There's a lot of issues that I think can get fixed on offense that'll take away those slow starts. It shouldn't take 10 minutes into the game to figure out that what's what you should be doing is not at all the way you came out. And uh, give me Kobe Webster running this offense. I mean, the team looked best. And, and, and they did, you know, they kept Virgin in the second half, but they had him play more of an off guard and, and let Kobe run the offense. And Kobe did a great job. You, you know, um, brings a little bit of a veteran presence on that team, mm-hmm. uh, which which they don't necessarily have. And but still, the off the offensive scheme. I mean, I hate to. I know this is just kind of a a blunt, maybe crass way to see it, but it looks like. It looks like pick up basketball on offense most of the time. Yeah, I, I want to see more sets run. I want to see more sharing of the basketball because that was the thing. The Nebraska- bad shots. Well, and, and if you look on the other side of it, Creighton stayed so consistent with their game plan throughout the entirety of it. They would get into and they they ran a free flowing offense a lot of the game as well. That's what a lot of these offenses are anymore. But there would be a time where Nebraska is like, ooh, if they can just get another bucket, then they're really going to get going again here in the second half. And what happened was Creighton ran a really good set, and then they got a wide-open three. Um, And it would happen time and time again. Or you get late into the game and they're burning clock, get an offensive rebound, burn clock, draw a foul, get a burn some more clock. They were so well-disciplined. That's not a... Sweet 16 Creighton team, I don't think, but they're so well coached that if you're an undisciplined team, they're just going to stick around long enough and beat you. Yeah. How serious is Trey McGowan's uh, absence going to be? Um, it, I think to me that's going to be pretty serious because yeah. he is he is the leader out on the floor on that team. I think his younger brother Bryce plays better when he's out there. Broken foot could be anywhere from six weeks to a couple months, so there is the possibility he's back by February, back by mid January. Uh, but nice. that that is on the who knows, though? Uh, that, that's on the very optimistic side of what that timetable is. We should know more when they talk with doctors today. I I thought Trey was kind of the glue guy. I thought he brings something that, that he helps on the defensive end. Uh, uh, he helps he brought, a lot. He brought a calm, you know. I think a calmer veteran presence in there. I, I hate I hated seeing. It. Listen, he isn't putting up the numbers and points that some of the other guys are. But I can't think of almost anybody I would have um, wanted to lose less than can Trey he, McGowan. Can he still be a force though on the bench? I mean. From, from a oh, from yeah, a leadership, especially leadership. Leadership. brother plan, yeah, yeah. and and hopefully he can, and I think he, he he will be. But I'm I'm like you said, Caleb. I'm hoping you see him again for conference season here. Very much uh, so. the season.
Number two. President Biden last month announced a deal to operate the Port of Los Angeles around the clock to break the backlog of cargo that's driving up prices, but it hasn't happened yet. Port of Los Angeles Executive Director Gene Sergoka said yesterday the facility has the capacity and capability to go 24-7, but a shortage of truck drivers and nighttime warehouse workers poses problems, along with getting importers to embrace the expanded hours. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said going 24 hours is just not flipping the switch. They did announce, so the backlog is thinning. Cargo sitting nine days or longer is down 29%. I mean, that's partly, I think, because they're throwing some of them on trains uh, as soon as they get in. Well, as the, well. Yeah, and some sh- ships are going to different ports. They go, and going, yeah, going to different ports. But it comes back, though, as you said, to the same thing that all of these businesses are facing, even in Lincoln, and just a shortage of employees. It's hard to get people to do some of these jobs, including, as you said, truck drivers, nighttime warehouse workers. I saw a a news story on Fox uh, TV this morning. Uh, They uh, were talking about the truck driver shortage. As an industry whole, they're short 80,000 drivers. Oh, my The U.S. trucking industry. So many industries with this at this point. Um, it can now, now, there's other issues in California ports. I mean, the the mandates right. about vehicles and uh, non-union drivers, owner-operators can't sure. do that. I mean, it's you not... You can drive in-state, but not across state lines. The, the younger thing. drivers, yes. So, yeah, well, uh, again, in, in Lincoln, good luck finding any, biz- any business almost without a help-wanted sign. It's. I mean, it's like a unicorn here. Yep. Any business at all, uh, especially in the retail restaurant area, uh, hotel, that that sort of thing. Uh, all right, moving on. Let's finish it up with number one. Well, before you fix uh, your kids or yourself a refreshing pitcher of Kool-Aid or Country Time, know that there's been a recall. Kraft Heinz recalled Country Time Lemonade and Kool-Aid Tropical Punch powdered drink mixes over the fear that they may contain glass and metal oh, in the product. The products in question have best when used by dates of June 13th, 2023 and October 3rd, 2023. Now, no reports of illness or complaints just yet, but check your pantry, your cupboards, make sure you don't have any of the products in recall. Wow. Okay. Now, good news is I don't remember the last time that I bought Kool-Aid, so I'm not I don't need to check. We may have Country Time Lemonade, but not recently uh, in the whole thing. Now, I will tell you this. As a kid, one of my guilty pleasures, uh, my, my dad was a pastor, and so we spent a lot of time in the uh, in the church. Um, and the church he was a pastor at still exists over here. It's a different church now, but it's over at 42nd and J. So I'd be there Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. You know, when you're, when mom's the choir director, dad's the pastor. You're there a whole lot. I was a kid. I had discovered when I was roaming the church one of those nights by myself that in the kitchen, they had a little kitchen in the basement of the church. They had a huge, big, you know, economy-sized thing of Kool-Aid powder, which, of course, you use for the kids all the time. I'll tell you what. I think I got addicted to that stuff as a (laughs) nine-year-old. I would just take that stuff straight. Like a spoonful of that stuff. Oh, the powder? Oh, yo, the powder straight. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> not even the mix. Or not even mixing it with yeah. water. Just the straight. I was hardcore. You, just you were the, taking that like people take their pre-workout? Yeah. I, I would I would just take a, a spoon. And it would. Ju- I mean, it would hurt a little. But the pain 
you know, made all my troubles go away. Oh Reminds, my God. Reminded me of, <laughs> remember Pixie Sticks? Yeah, it was like that. It yeah. was very much like that, or Fun Dip. Oh, Pixie Sticks? Yeah, Pixie Sticks. It was like, it was very much like Pixie Sticks. We, we played, but in, it was. When I was in fifth grade, we played in a basketball tournament, and all of us decided between games because we had like 20 minutes. We all went through and got Mountain Dews and Pixie Sticks, and we poured the Pixie Sticks and the Mountain Dews. Oh my I will gosh. tell you what, we were quick that next game. Do you remember the thick, like the thicker? The Pixie Sticks were the ones that were like the size of a straw, yeah. but they also had like the like the eighteen inch like wide ones. As yeah, well. those things were just. I haven't eaten that much sugar in a month as an adult. You that, said that you, said you put the, the Pixie Sticks in the, the Mountain Dew. Yeah, we poured Did that it in taste there. Good. It was just sugar it's, on that sugar. That looks like on one sugar. of those. Sounds like one of those I energy mean, drinks. It, you was, have it, now. it wasn't bad. And caffeine. I mean, well, you guys could have gone duck hunting with a rake. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, check out your cupboards for your uh, Country Time Lemonade and Kool Aid. Uh, make sure they don't have due dates or uh, used by dates by June 13, 2023, October 3, 2023. All right, 755. We'll take a break. Selling K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Intercepted at 15. Huskers have it inside the red zone. Think 1499.3 KLIN. Yeah. All right, 810. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, November 17th, 2021. Um, looking forward here. Um, should any second now have uh, Nebraska's athletic director, Trev Alberts, uh, on the phone, uh, kind enough to uh, give us some time on. Uh, I mean, let's face it, a, a week and a half where there has been all kinds of, of discussion about the future of the Nebraska program, what's being done, why it's being done, and, and just kind of a lot of questions around it. Um, and so uh, and, and so we invited Trev onto the show just to talk to us a little bit about that. We've had him on a couple of times before, um, and, uh, and he said, hey, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, and uh, so now we have a chance to do that, and he joins us uh, right now on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Trev, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good morning to you as well. Good. I know in the media, you know, they're all going for clicks with the headlines and everything, but I read a headline this week that said Trev Alberts finds the perfect bride for his son, and I thought there must be there must be a little bit of an additional story there behind that. I know you've been you had a big wedding in the family, uh, but in case you want to clarify that you did not put together an arranged marriage for your son, you can you can go ahead and do that now. Yeah. Uh, the, the headline was a little more dramatic than perhaps reality, but um, I've learned to uh, to deal with that. No, we're we're just thrilled for Chase and Cassie, the uh, our oldest son, uh, and I had a young lady who was a student worker within the athletic department down in Omaha that. Uh, um, you know, I, I had a connection with that I, I suggested my son, but that was basically it for me. So uh, no, no arranged marriages uh, per se in our family, but happy that our uh, our son and his bride are quite happy. So. You've had a busy few weeks, Trev. My goodness. <laughs> well, between arranging marriages and uh, yeah, no, yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a fairly ambitious schedule. Yeah, um, you know, working here, but it's it's good. And it's only been what like four months, right? Um, boy, it's been. Well, uh, one one month as an athletic director in Lincoln equals one year. It's like so dog we're years. Really up in here four years. It's yeah. like dog years for athletic director. <laughs> how are you? How are you feeling after this whole kind of this whole contract thing? The whole discussion, the whole decision is is just behind behind you now, behind the football program now. Of course, there's still discussion of it, but but how do you feel? Relieved, hopeful, excited? What's kind of your outlook now that this part of it is over? 
Well, I, you know, I mean, there's there's probably some of all those emotions. The reality is, is you know, the work starts now. I mean, this is not a, okay, we're done, because um, I've had that sort of sentiment elsewhere. The reality is, you know, this is a... This is an important thing for for both me and Scott. It's an important thing for our athletic department. It's an important thing for our university and state. So, you know, it's just a real commitment to um, to really dive in together uh, on on all these details and see if we can, you know, continue to make progress. And I know, by the way, um, remember we've got two fantastic games left right. in the season and and want to send a very strong message about the importance of those games and and it's important to our players it's important and based on uh, you know their commitment and practice this week and um it's obviously very important to them too so uh, two great opportunities for for the culture of our team to really shine through in terms of how they play and playing together and some of those sort of subjective measures we've talked about um but i think you know the way uh, the way we finish these two games will be very important, uh, you know, to help us uh, as we move forward. But I, you know, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about the uh, the opportunity to continue working with Coach Frost and and uh, his existing staff, and then those that he uh, might choose to bring in, and and uh, doing everything we can to to support these young men and in, in winning football games for Husker Nation. So, Trev, you've got folks like us and other people across media and everyone on social media talking about what should or shouldn't be done at just about all times, but <laughs> what's the feedback you've been getting uh, over the last week to have the restructured contract bring Scott back? Obviously, there's going to be some assistant changes in there as well, but what, what have you been hearing from fans and boosters over the last week? Well, there's a wide range, you know. I suppose um, you know we could spend a lot of time uh, talking about the <laughs> the response. But you know, I think when you're in in a leadership position, at least this is how I approach things. I I really do. I, I I'm not interested. This is not my athletic department, and it's not my football program. This this belongs to to us. And uh, the challenge is, you're never going to gain consensus with everybody in every decision making. And if you try to do that, you're not leading. So, you know, the objective is. Is, is to take as much counsel as you possibly can. I've gotten good counsel. I've gotten good feedback. Um, you know, I've tested several narratives, and, and ultimately then you make the best decision that you can given the, the information you have, the data points that you have, and sometimes you're not right, um, you know, but there, there are a lot of different factors that, that go that go into it, and certainly, you know, we run a, a fairly sophisticated business here, and, and I'm very cognizant of that. I enjoy that aspect of of this job, and so, um, you know, I, I, I liked the process that we went through. I enjoyed engaging with, with Scott in it, and um, part of that engagement, uh, I think, is to clearly define, you know, commitment levels and, and interest in, in doing the work um, and making the change. And I'll tell you, you know, I, I, it came out of that process more confident than ever, uh, in Scott's commitment, um, and, and his all in for, for Nebraska. And that's a really important starting point. It might, you know, sometimes we gloss over that, but, um, you know, Scott, I thought, um, really made a strong statement about, uh, his desire, um, to, to find a way, um, to get the program, um, and back is the wrong word, but, but right. to have the type of football program that, uh, 
um, that that more people are are really proud of, and it represents the state. Trev Alberts, our guest on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at eight sixteen on Lincoln Susan Talk fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. You and others have, have pointed out that looking at empirical numbers, it's it's rare to see a coach that started with four years like like Coach did turn things around. And 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 some have said this decision was simply just made out of loyalty. But like, like I'm thinking about that, and I can't imagine you'd make it surely because he's a Husker, right? Uh, because he's part of the family. I, I assume you do think there's a likelihood that he bucks the trend or or you wouldn't do it. I, I, I mean, I think that's probably the case. I, I, is it? And, and if so, why? I mean, I think, you know, all of those different factors have to be a part of your decision-making process. I mean, you, you don't make decisions only because somebody is because you're being loyal. That, that can't be the only decision-making point. Does it play a factor? I think it does, and that's what I try to communicate is that with all things being equal, if, uh, you know, if there's a decision to be made, and it wouldn't just be in football, um, you know, this this is a place that, that does embrace loyalty. Uh, again, not blind loyalty, but if there's a decision point and a decision-making that, you know, it's close, um, I think we probably will err on that side and, and working through you know, some of those challenges and giving ourselves every opportunity. You throw in, a, you know, the realities of, of the business arrangement of coaching contracts, not just Coach Frost, but, but any other coach that you're evaluating. That's always part of the decision-making. Um, you know, when I mention the empirical data and, and, the, and, and the realities of, of the past, the reality is, is today we're not living in the same world that it was in the past either. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. This is a different this is a different time. Um there wasn't a transfer portal. Yep. There wasn't uh, <laughs> early signing dates. So, yep. you know, again, I I think we make the same mistakes. I do the same thing. Uh, we make the same mistakes sometimes. We we look at programs in the Big 10, maybe Minnesota, Purdue, Indiana, others through the prism of 1992. And I'm going to tell you that that those programs are uh, Minnesota's football program, you could argue, is is further along than ours. I mean, this is not 1993. It is 2021, where you have elite coaches, elite resources, facilities. Um, everybody in the Big Ten can beat anybody in the Big Ten every single Saturday. And the sooner we understand that and embrace that um, true reality of parity, almost like the NFL, the better chance we'll have of, of creating a process that helps us be successful. Trev, uh, of course, since the university is a public entity, the contract's been released. Most of it's pretty straightforward. Uh, although the tying of a future raise and extension of the contract to mutually agreed metrics is one that I keep getting questions about. Can you just clear up the question that I've gotten repeatedly about whether these metrics have already been agreed upon or that's something you guys are going to nail down down the road? Those have been gr- agreed upon, and and you know they're. Uh, I feel I feel strongly about this. It's not just football, but but all of our coaches. You know, we talk about trust and those types of things. You know, we. I have conversations with all of our coaches. We're going through strategic planning right now, and and there has to be you know conversations about expectations that 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 I think have to remain confidential between administration and coaches, and and um, I think that's um, you know as I talked about previously, um, you know we, the. the those types of things will be will be done 
personally and, and confidentially with our coaching staff. We've done that. We're on the same page. They're not undefined. Uh, as I've said previously, I'm probably the most transparent, <laughs> straightforward person in the world. There, there, there are no surprises uh, or, or anything within the athletic department. At least that's our goal. We'll be very open in our communication with all of our coaches and staff. But then some of those more direct, you know, personnel type things, I think, um, it's fair to our coaching staff that those remain confidential between administration and coaches. So what we're getting out of that is it's only a matter of time before someone guesses that the contract extension is tied to the number of runs sold at Memorial Stadium next year. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that is, uh, you know, as I said, I enjoy the business part of it. And so we, we've started integrating those types of metrics into coaching contracts, you know, numbers of uh, Diet Pepsis versus Pepsi, uh, how many Valentino slices were sold. I mean, there's a very direct uh, incentive for coaches. Uh, no, I... <laughs> hey, 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 Trev, I, I, know, I know you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but in the few months you've been here, did you see more systemic issues in the football program beyond coaching that are holding them back and is that you know part of the reason maybe some things can be addressed without without a coaching change here well, i yeah I, I don't like doing that i mean i i learned very uh earlier early on in my uh uh, experience as an athletic director, sitting in judgment of past leadership is a really dangerous thing to do. Because again, just like we talked about now, we're, we assembled the data we had. We make decisions based on a time, you know, uh, frozen in space, if you will, with data at that time that we thought was in the best interest of the institution. Well, past leadership does the same thing, and the world might have been different three or four years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I, um, I want to be very careful about that. I I'm, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't like when when coaches take over and, and spend all their time talking about how the previous coaching staff, you know, did a terrible job and didn't leave them with anything. I mean, it's really... Uh, I just don't think that should be part of our culture of who we are. It's part of excuse making. It's part of that's, you know. Listen, um, you know, our job is to fix it. At the same time, I think the benefit you have of somebody when when they're from the outside who's not been here, you get a chance with a fresh you know, set of eyes to take a look at. And, and all I believe in, guys, is you know, athletics is a funny thing. You never stay the same. Yeah. You are either you know incrementally getting better, or or you're falling behind. And so you have to create this culture of planning, executing, measuring, and correcting. And you're just constantly in this cycle. And so all I do is keep asking, you know, is there a better way? Is there something different? What what's changed? Maybe that worked eight years ago, but 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 these changes keep happening. And do we have the courage, um, and do we have the energy that's necessary to continue attacking those opportunities and put ourselves in the best position to be successful? So so that's really what yeah. it's about for me. I'm not a football coach, guys. I'm I like culture stuff. I like leadership. I like you know, all those other areas around football. I hope I can be helpful at the same time, not meddlesome. Hey, how well, uh, like, how, how much different uh, or how much better do you know Scott Frost now than you did in, in July coming in now that you've had a chance? Like, what's your, how, how has that relationship kind of changed and developed in these months? Well, I, I didn't, you know, I can't honestly tell you that I, I knew Scott at all prior to uh, to taking the AD job. Of course, I was well aware of him and had read about him and, you know, was thrilled for him and knew that he'd won a national championship, knew his story, knew his story about his family and, you know, held him in high regard and, and quote, respect from afar. But, you know, I, you know, it's like anything else in relationship when you start talking to somebody. The most important thing in our world today is we need to talk to people. 
um, you know, just talk to people. <laughs> You'd be surprised how how more similar uh, than dissimilar we all are. And you mean not on social media, too. <laughs> well, well, exactly. You know, but just actually engage somebody and had some really great uh, counsel and feedback from one of our donors. And, and uh, um, you know, early on is like anything else. When you, you don't know somebody well, it could be a little bit awkward. But, you know, it was very clear very early on that Scott and I share uh, a very similar passion for the University of Nebraska. And then as time went out through the course of the season, I think he, you know, anytime you have a change in athletic director, it's, you know, I, you can understand how coaches would be really hesitant to want to think that uh, this individual right. is here to really help me and wants right. to be all in and, and isn't sort of trying to manipulate my failures so that he or she can get mm-hmm. their own person. So I think that happens over time. And, and frankly, I, I just... Um, I really enjoy Scott. I think he's got a great personality. I think he's really smart. Um, I think he's really willing and um, and wants to uh, um, you know work with anybody who can help. So I've I've, I've just really enjoyed it, to be honest with you. Uh, we're about out of time, and and again, I do really appreciate your time and transparency with this this Trev. The, the football staff, as you mentioned, is going to look pretty different uh, going into next year. In, in kind of your discussions with the coach, and, and really this would apply any time this would happen, where you know a staff kind of changes. How does that impact expectations, metrics, what you want to see, uh, especially when you're in a year? I mean, frankly, where there's going to be a lot of discussion about about those metrics in that year or the the success or lack lack of success in that year how does how does a changed coaching staff kind of impact that situation for you well i think it has a has an opportunity to be incredibly positive impact i mean and i i think that um you know, I, I this, these are good jobs. I think I'm, I'm hopeful, and I think we will have a lot of really strong interest from from strong coaching candidates. At the same time, you know, I mean, we all understand that it's all hands on deck here. Um, you know, we need to we need to work together and and um, and get get working through that incremental progress we've always talked about in some of those key areas. And so, I, you know, again, I, I just think it's an opportunity for, uh, first of all, we have some tremendous coaches still on our staff that are working. I I, I know that the coaches that are, are working here these last two weeks have been working really hard. So, you know, I, I don't want to get in too deep into all that other than it's a really great opportunity to take what I think is uh, some really good um, – coaching and vision here currently, add some different perspective, different experiences um, to what we're currently doing. Again, we've, we've all talked about these narrow margins in the Big Ten and how close we've been, and I think this just gives Scott and our coaching staff an opportunity to, to see if we can close that gap further, and, and uh, the positive thing is, is at this point at least, it hasn't been uh, a wide chasm, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Trev, you know, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I know not every athletic director would, would do this. And, and I'll tell you, at least is, is this show. I've been doing this show for 15 years, and and uh, I'm an alum. I'm a fan. I get to be unabashed with it here on on this show, and I appreciate that. Um, and man, uh, we have the same interests uh, that there's some success. I'm gonna tell you what. After last night, though, Trev, I gotta I gotta get some I gotta get some wins somewhere here. I'm, I'm hurting as a fan, Trev. Well, let me just tell you something. If you think you're hurting as a fan, um, uh, it's not great as the athletic director either. So you, you and I will wife, get we'll get wife. that moment. I know it's going to come, and I'm glad you're uh, you're at the helm. You're welcome on the show anytime. Uh, thanks again for that time this morning. I appreciate it. You bet, guys. Have a great day. There you go, Trev Alberts, University of Nebraska athletic director at 8:27 on KLIN. Spree Foster.
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. The 810 interviews have been on fire this week. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to match it tomorrow? Robin and Dave. Hard questions for Robin and Dave. Oh, we are going to grill. Why don't you know what's going in on 56th and 0? (laughs) Why? Tell me. I won't take I don't know for an answer. I will end this segment right now. Tell me it's a P.F. Chang's. Where's the Cheesecake Factory? Where is it going? Um, so if you missed the conversation with Trev Alberts, it is up on the podcast. Caleb, your biggest takeaway from the conversation with Trev. Well, there, there's, the biggest one, I would say, goes to when he was talking about the reason to bring back Scott Frost. And you had asked him, essentially, it's not because... Frost is just a former Husker. And I think we all knew that, but but the question is still out there. And Trev said a big part of his reason to bring Frost back, obviously there's the financial side, but it's because of Frost's commitment to the program. I think part of that is restructuring the contract. That shows a commitment to the program. Um, Frost has said a number of times he wants to do whatever it takes to be the coach at Nebraska and to get this right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that to me, that was a big one, that the decision-making came down to Nebraska's not a jumping-off point for someone. There are some people that would use the University of Nebraska, if you can make a few bowl games in a row, turn things around, as a jumping-off point to go somewhere else. That's not to say that Nebraska is not a, a top-10 or a top-15 job, just some people want to go Somewhere not Lincoln, right? And and that that's, that's just that's just that's something factored that's into accept- my mind. Yeah, on it, my position that, that that is accepted out there. And, and Scott Frost wants to be here, so his commitment to the program played well into it. Another one was Trev not not mincing words that it's not 1993, it's 2021, and, and teams are teams are different than they were the way we think about them 20 and 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I think he's a great AD. He, he is. He is very obviously. There's. There's not the transparency on what those exact metrics are, but he's open. He, he's open about what's going on with the department. Well, and that to me, and I knew I wasn't. Listen, I I knew that he and Scott have both said they want to keep the metrics to themselves, and that's. And and I get it, fine. But I wanted to know because there were a lot of questions just contractually about if those metrics are in existence now. Or if they are something that will be mutually agreed upon down the road. In other words, are they essentially window dressing in the contract that is saying it's basically kind of a recognition, hey, if we keep you, we'll give you a raise, we'll extend your contract, mm-hmm. um, we'll extend the contract down the road in return for you voluntarily, essentially, knocking three and a half million bucks off your buyout, right? right? And so I thought maybe that was kind of just... Because it, it was a right that the university would have had anyway had there been, because they would have just made up the metric, right? They would have mm-hmm. just said, these are the metrics. But he says they exist now, which is interesting. I think I think by doing that, you have a little bit of leeway because it's not out there and they're not hard and fast in front of everybody to go back and, and see and criticize. Um, because it'll hit that buyout will drop six games into the season. Right. So... Think about this year. Obviously, Illinois didn't look good. Minnesota didn't look good. But when you think about the Michigan State, shouldn't have let that one get away. But you were there with Michigan. You were there with Oklahoma. 
you you were there with Ohio State for like like obviously it ended up being still a, a two score game on that one, but you're in these games right. and and so are you still in games? Are you winning a couple more next year? Do you get six games into the season and maybe you're not five and one, maybe you're three and three, but those others had weird fluky things happen. And I think by keeping it out of the public view, you've got leeway on what those metrics are. Now, here's the thing. And what he said was, well, I do this with all the coaches. We set metrics, we set goals, right? If, mm-hmm. if they don't, they know where they're at if they're not meeting them. Here's the thing with this one. I'm not trying to stir something up here. I, I, I really am not. But somebody else down the road might. Because if you are tying, Caleb, let's be honest, you're tying a million dollars of state money, and then if, if the contract goes on for another year as well, you're tying multiple million dollars of of, I should say, state entity money, right? The athletic department, it funds itself. Yeah. It's not taxpayer, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. But it is subject. The reason we see the contract is because it's a public entity, right? So, <laughs> are the, uh, you know, do the, do the regents see the, uh, the metrics that tie these dollars to it? Did, I mean, because I know there's a, uh, I know there's a clause in that contract that basically says this is the full this is the full agreement. It's it's kind of a boilerplate clause that's in there. Do do some boosters it, get to know what those metrics are? Do, uh, Obviously, there's a financial investment uh, uh, with that. I'm just uh, I'm I'm just asking because what he talked about, okay, what he talked about in discussing metrics with other coaches are not necessarily metrics that trigger contractual. Decisions, right? Mm-hmm. That that are right. contractually triggering, say, a raise or adding years onto a contract. That's not always the conversation you have. This is a contractual situation between the University of Nebraska and Scott Frost, and therefore, it's got to go through the process that university contracts go through to be approved, to be publicly available, and if you tie those metrics to the raise to the extension. Does that need to be public available? Like, what what lawyer for the university would be like, oh, yeah, you guys just agreed on those behind, shook hands on it? Okay. There's no lawyer who would be like, yeah, that's fine. Okay? <laughs> There's no lawyer who would say that's fine. <laughs> because, obviously, I don't have to paint a real difficult scenario of you of a, and hopefully it won't happen this way, but of a distru- disgruntled disgruntled coach saying, wait, I... We had these metrics, mm-hmm. right? No, we had these metrics. Then it becomes a he said, she said, and and if something is, then if there is something that's written down separately and is incorporated in the contract, is, shouldn't that be public record? Mm-hmm. I just, and again, I don't. I just think it's kind of interesting from a legal perspective. Um, I don't. I'm not worried about that scenario. I, I. I mean, I think in all honesty, they trust each other. That's a big they, thing. They in trust all of this. each other. Sort of implicitly in a way that an attorney would not advise you to trust someone else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's I think that's truly what it is. Especially someone who has power over your employment, right? Right. Like, like, like there, there's clearly a, a trust. Like you and I, we love working here, but there's also people above us that we really enjoy working with, and there is a lot of trust there. But there's also not millions of dollars rolled up into our contracts. Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, 
right. There are some things. Yeah, I have a contract that's tied into some, you know, some metrics, to be honest. And there's no way I'd be like, hey, <laughs> if, if my boss, if I sat down and my boss said, you know what, let's just do a handshake agreement on this. And we'll do the rest of the contract written down. I would be like, ah, let's not. <laughs> Uh, but I do think that trust and Frost's commitment to the program, that, that is a big deal to Trev. Um, and he talked about trust with, with all the other coaches as well. Right. And I think that's a big thing for him. Um, he also talked about how he's not here to just find fault with coaches to get his own guys. Yeah. And, and, and we see that with athletic directors. and um, You've seen it at Nebraska, but you see it at a lot of other schools that as soon as there's a new AD, there was even talk of it this summer. As soon as Trev was coming in, there was talk, well, he just is going to want his own guys. Right. That's what the last three ADs at Nebraska have been. They have been hired to fire a coach. I mean, in the end, that's what it was, right? Yeah. That, that I mean, that is Tom Osborne and Bill Callahan. Um, and then, um, uh, and, and then of course, uh, uh, Pelini and Eichhorst, right? Mm-hmm. And then Bill Moose and Mike Riley. Yep. Oh, it, and he kind of said, that's not who I am in that situation. One thing I did notice, and we talked about, did you hear it when, when Trev said, I don't like, I, he didn't want to go back. I basically asked him a question, were there systemic problems that made you say, hey, this can work, work with this coaching staff because we've got other systemic problems that need to be fixed in the program. He, he interpreted that that I was asking him to, you know, take a you-know-what on his predecessor. Right. Which I wasn't necessarily, uh, that's not necessarily what I had in mind. It might have been encompassed in, in the entire thing. That's not necessarily what I had in mind, but that's that's fine. But one of the interesting things that he said, Caleb, was that he doesn't like it when coaches come in and, for lack of a better term, take a crap on their predecessors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll remember. Well, and one of the biggest critiques of the head coach for the last three years. They, they had plenty to say years. about the previous regime when they when they came in, which I, I always was off putting to me. I, I mean, it was just always off off putting to me. Now, I don't know if Trevor remembers that. I don't know if he's paying attention. He was up in Omaha during that time, right? But I but when I talk about my feeling, and I talked to Greg Sharp about this, I've talked to others. There is something that has changed to me in in Frost since that time. Uh-huh. Because he was, I mean, let's face it, guys, like it or not, he was more than happy to rip on the previous regime when he came in. He was more than happy to, it was some buck passing. Uh-huh. Let's be honest. There was some buck passing going there to a lot of other different entities. I see and hear way less of that. I don't know what's going on exactly with him, but he seems, and part of the reason I am where I am, and wanting to see where he goes is something has changed in him to me. Mm-hmm. It has, and I think he's. I also think he's more happy and content here than he was, even with the problems that. Exist. I mean, goodness sakes, he obviously is. He obviously is. He just went to the university and said, "Hey, take three and a half million dollars away from <laughs> me if stuff doesn't go right next year because I want to. Tr- I want to make it work that badly." Right. So I don't need. But the, I don't think year two Scott Frost would have done that. I really don't. I, I I would love to ask him about that sometime and, and talk to him about it. But and by the way, how how cool that Trev came on and and I mean it, it 
came on and answered all the questions. You get a lot. I've got a lot of confidence in that guy, and that's that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing about this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, very, very appreciative to uh, to the athletic director, to the um, athletic department, because that's. That's not always 100% open, yeah. guys. Like, yeah. Obviously, we would love all of the access, and we'd like more access than we have, uh, but that's not the thing everywhere. Think about what um, what Oklahoma did earlier this year with their football program, where they cut off all media availability. Um, I think Texas may have done that after the monkey inc- incident, mm-hmm. too. Um, but Nebraska as a department doesn't do that. Um, so getting the athletic director on for a Wednesday morning, a week after some of the biggest news of the football season, right? That, that's a big deal, right? Yeah, um, and, and and I'll say it too, and I I, I will. This is a, di- a bit of a different radio show with with me behind the mic here. Um, there's a lot of sports radio out there, and there's at least some level of. I don't know. Feigning isn't the word because I don't think they're necessarily feigning. I think deep down inside they all want Nebraska to win, but they don't come across as, and they don't try to come across as being a fan. Like just an unabashed I fan. have got the, the chance, because of what this show is, because of everything, that I am able to be myself with this. And myself is a grad and a lifelong fan. <laughs> and I'm not going to change that. I'm not, I'm not going to change that. But it influences how I, you know, um, it, 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 my, my interests are the best interests of the program. The same that Trev's are. And and that'll ask me to hopefully lead some tough questions, ask some tough questions of these guys too, like you would if you were sitting across them. Any of you were. Um, but we welcome more. You know, I hope I hope we can continue. I, I wish Scott would come on with us. Now we just got to get them in, uh, in in person in studio because I, you get to know them. We yes, we you we get to know these guys. We can help you get to know these guys. You want a, You want a little little PR boost? Come on our show all the time. Do I know those? Miles and Cook used to do it all the time. Do I know why those conversations on Bussin' with the Boys or JoJo Doman's podcast this year? That's why they went on with him, uh, right? Why with uh, Adrian Martinez's podcast? With all of those, those are all such good conversations because it's a personal relationship and you've gotten to know each other, right? You don't need to go on any podcast a podcast that's got either a little few listeners or a lot of listeners, but they're national. Got a radio show right here in town. <laughs> All right, 855, we'll wrap up the show after this on KLIN. Watch and listen to the Friday Husker Tailgate presented by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics. Friday mornings from 6 to 9, seen on Facebook and heard on 1499.3 KLIN. Brittany Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Well, there you go. If you missed Trev Albert's interview, you can see that at KLIN.com. A couple of things I want to point out. Go to KLIN.com today. Make sure and uh, do it. You can always vote on the uh, the weekly poll. Subscribe to the daily newsletter. Plus, we got a $15,000 giveaway. Cold cash from KLIN. Get there and register. And then the other thing I want to tell you about, we are close to Black Friday. You may not want to go out there. You may be thinking about gifts and thinking, what am I going to do? There is a holiday market now at KLIN.com. Local businesses, gift certificates at discounted rate. You can clean up right now at KLIN.com with those deals. Look for the holiday market. 50% off deals from local businesses. Shop local and get that stuff done so you're not worrying about it during Thanksgiving weekend. All right, that's for the show. Ticket Thursday tomorrow. Tickets to Nebraska, Iowa. Girl Lincoln, Greg Sharp. See you then. 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln.